we are kicking off a new series called Ebenezer. And uh, uh, everybody's mind immediately, I, I was hoping to toy with you a little bit. This I only get you like this moment because it's, it's fr- from now on you're going to know what, what I'm talking about. And, uh, but even when we were building the graphics, people were correcting my spelling because Ebenezer Scrooge has an extra E thrown in there. And I was like, no, that's not the Ebenezer we're talking about. We're talking about the Ebenezer of the Bible. And uh, so uh, I'm excited about this. So, this is so rich. I've already got pages and pages of notes that I've been sifting through. And so uh, let's just go ahead and let's just go ahead and rock and roll. Let's just get into this. Um, if you've got your notes open, um, then uh, we're, we're remembering this, that at this time of the year, we celebrate the greatest gift that humanity has ever received. We are celebrating Jesus. We're not just celebrating a holiday. We're not just celebrating winter solstice. We're not just celebrating the fact that uh, there are a lot of good sales out and it's an easy time to make our money go further and give people stuff. We are celebrating Christ. We are celebrating Jesus. We are celebrating the fact that, that God from the heavens, he, he reached in and inserted himself into our story. This is the biggest thing that we could ever, ever, ever celebrate. At this time of the year when, we're, when there's gift giving, well, obviously, that, that gifts can kind of have two, two little bits of impact. Sometimes a gift can have a lot of impact because it came a long way. You know, you go out, maybe you go overseas or whatnot, and, and the, the, my kids, we recently had uh, one of our church members who went to Japan, and she brought back some candy from Japan for our kids. Well, the, the, it was candy. And so, but it was so awesome because it was from Japan. And it come all the way around the world from Japan. And it was there. And it had funny little writing on it. And it tasted just a little bit different. And that was awesome. Then there are other gifts that are, have a lot of, of me because of that they came from the heart. Because they, they, they have all that. And that's all the cute little stuff our kids make. That everybody else goes, what kind of accident just happened on that paper? My kid made this for me. Hello, this is... This is, this is important. This is vital. They did this for me. And all of a sudden, the meaning makes a difference. And then there's also that the, the, they're gifts that carry this extra weight simply because of the cost. It just cost a lot. Somebody made a big sacrifice. Well, guess what? We get the best of all of that wrapped up here at Christmas when we celebrate Jesus. Jesus wasn't handy to come this way. It was, Jesus came a long way. Jesus came from heaven. He shed his, his glory at, at the right hand of the Father and he put that aside and he took on bodily form. There had to be angels get involved in this for Mary and Joseph to decide to participate. God, it's a gift of love for God so loved the world that he gave. It's a gift of love. And then it was heaven's best. It's the most costly thing any, anybody's ever given ever. The firstborn son of God. This is the greatest gift, folks. And we are celebrating that. And we need to recognize here that God has sent his son. He, did, he went through all of that trouble, went through all of that to help us. 
He did it to help us because he cares about it, about us and loves us. And see, when we, we look at this Jesus, Jesus is our Ebenezer. Jesus is our Ebenezer. He is our stone of help. Let's look at 1 Samuel 7, 12. Then Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mizpah and Shin. And he named it Ebenezer. Named this stone, this memorial, Ebenezer. Saying, thus far has the Lord helped us. Ebenezer is a Hebrew compound word. Eben is a word. Ezer is a word. And you put them together and you got Ebenezer. Eben means a stone and particularly a building stone. Something you build out. It's not just something you just whatever. It's not every stone would qualify as, a, as an Eben. It is this building stone. This Ezer, it means to aid or to help. That's why when, when they put this memorial up, that it was this stone of help. And it became this place because God had just helped them when they were blindsided and attacked by the Philistines. And they, were, they were, got, got totally caught off guard. They began to cry out to God. And Samuel's telling them, don't stop. Keep crying out to God. Keep crying out to God. Maybe they wanted to run and fight. Maybe they run. He said, just keep crying out to God. And all of a sudden, God begins to answer from the heavenlies. This great thunderclap and this storm. It confuses the enemy. And all of a sudden, everything shifts. And the help of God enters into that place. And in memorial of that, they set up Ebenezer. Our stone of help. That is what we are looking at. That is even this, this place. As we begin to look over the next few weeks, that there's so much beautiful imagery in the Bible of God being our rock, our fortress, Jesus being the stone that we're to, to, to build our lives on. And I love it because, you know what, when you're in a real place of, of need, I'll tell you what, it can really make a difference. I've shared with y'all before the story of my grandfather and that my, my papa, whenever he was working and he slipped into a septic tank, a cesspool is what he called it, and uh, it was, they was having to work on it because it was full. And falls in this thing and is like up to his neck in that. We know what that is. It's bad. Nobody wants to be up to the neck in that. And he's not a super tall man, so his feet did not touch the bottom. So he is treading water and holding the water very loosely. And uh, I'm going to reference the other stuff. And uh, holding himself up and... Uh, he knew that if he was going to let, move his arms to pull himself out, well, gravity was going to temporarily play a role and pull him down slightly. When it's all ready to hear, you don't want to go down. You don't have any room to go down. And so he reached around and found this place, this, this little rocky ledge that was up in there that it didn't get, the concrete didn't get poured just right, and he found his stone of help. He found a toehold that he could begin to rest on and begin to pull himself out of that place. My dad, years and years ago when he was fishing on the Yellow River up in, uh, up in Yellowstone, and he falls into this river with waders on. They're great unless you fill them up. And then it's a weight, and it is a bad thing, and he's getting rushed along and almost drowned, and he reaches and grabs the edge, grabs this rock, this stone of help. Folks, in those desperate times when we're sitting there, we're calling out. That is what we need to be grasping for, not anything else. We need to be reaching out for God. See, Hebrews 4 
tells us. I, I love this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That he was tempted and understand just like we were. So the stuff you're going through, he's not going. How is that? How is that even a temptation? Now, he didn't fall into it, but he understands. He understands. He's not going, what? This is your issue? I don't get this. That's part of his humanity. That's part of the beauty of him coming as human form is we can identify with him. And we can go to him in our place where we need help. But the first thing we have to, to really wrap our minds around is that if we don't recognize that he's here to help us, if we don't understand that and no matter what the scenario is, no matter how much we let go of the wheel of our lives and let it get crazy, because folks, life can get crazy. But no matter how much we, how far we let it get out of control, he is always the place to reach out to. Always the place. Always the place to reach. And if we don't get that deep down in our hearts, then in our place, in our deepest time of need, we will push him out and think that somehow we got to get it together a little bit before we can reach the for that stone of help in our life where we can reach for Christ. And we will reject what has been freely given to us. There's uh, <clears throat> the story of this, uh, this man who had been vacationing on this island and he'd gone, out to this, uh, gone on to this island and just really, really enjoyed it. But its economy was just, it was just gorgeous, but its economy was just racked, and it was just all sorts of issues. And while he was there on this island, right before he was leaving, the people of this small island decided to have a community meeting to try to figure out how to turn their economic situation around, how to market their island, how to, how to begin to take this beautiful little paradise and, and turn it into where it blessed their lives. This was where they lived, this was their home, this was where they worked. And so this, this man, this vacationer, found out about this meeting. And he saw all sorts of potential. And he saw opportunities to, to maybe to, to get a, a part of it. And so he goes to the meeting. Goes into the meeting and sit there and is listening to him and all this stuff. And, and he raises his hand and says, you know what? You've got a beautiful island here. And, and I would love to, I've got some ideas and I would love to be able to help. And the guy in charge of the meeting said, sir, this is for residents only. We're not here to get your ideas. We're not here to get your stuff and pushed him out. Guy said, okay. Closed it up and walked out. And the last thing that those people saw as his little boat was leaving their island was the little backside of his boat that simply said the word Rockefeller on the back of it. If you don't know who John D. Rockefeller was, that it, they say that if you adjust for inflation... That even today, with all of our billionaire people, if you adjust for inflation, that he's the richest American to have ever existed to this point. He was oil money and was an incredible philanthropist late in life. There's a lot of things you could say bad about the guy, but he began to use his resources in ways he thought were good. 
This guy that they had, this guy ready to step in and to make a change and did not understand and pushed it out. We can so easily do that with God. God, we, I've got this on my own. God, I'm frustrated and, and I've got my own little personal meeting here. And God's going, guess what? I've got some ideas. I, I want to be a part of this. God, I got myself into this problem and I don't want to weigh you down with this and I, I think I'll just take care of it myself. I would be too big of a hypocrite if I began to talk about you and all this with this in my life. I don't want to make you look bad, God. And he's like, I want to make you my masterpiece. I want to do something with this mess. You have to let me in and let me help you. Romans 9. <clears throat> We're going to jump into verse 30. It says, what then shall we say? That the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it. A righteousness that is by faith. But Israel, who pursued a law of righteousness, has not attained it. Why not? Because they pursued it not by faith, but as it were, by works. They were trying to go after it by all that they could do. They stumbled over the stumbling stone. As it is written, this is referencing back to the writings and the, the work of Isaiah from the Old Testament. See, I lay in Zion a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Sometimes we don't run in our greatest time of need and our greatest, you know, greatest place of needing help because we're afraid of the shame factor. We're afraid that if we expose this to, the, to God and to the, but like he doesn't know, and to the people who are connected with God, that this incredible shame is going to come in. And it's just not the case. It's just not the case. I love the way <clears throat> it's written in the New King James Version. It says, as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. And everyone believing in him will not be put to shame. A rock of offense. We are in this place in our society that Jesus, which is what this is, this is about, what this prophecy was about, was about Jesus. And that Jesus is the stumbling stone. That's why we have the little video about the whole Merry Christmas thing. And all of a sudden now it's, it's, it's happy holidays because Christ is the place of offense. We don't care if you have a party. We don't care if you give gifts. We don't care if you celebrate. Just don't make it be about Jesus. Get rid of the mangers from in front of the public areas. We don't want this to be about Jesus. It can be about any other thing. Just don't make it about Jesus. They are offended at Jesus. And guess what, folks? He's not blindsided by this. They knew it. You can't ride the fence with Jesus. You can't just go, well, you know, he's all right. You can't do that. One of my <clears throat> favorite shows right now, in fact, I would say, my favorite show right now is a show called Duck Dynasty. Do you have any Duck Dynasty fans in the house? That's right. That's right, Jack. And uh, hey, Jack. And uh, I got my, I made up my own joke for those that know Duck Dynasty. That, uh, seriously, you're going to down my joke? What is Sai's favorite cheese? Hey, it's Colby Jack. You got no Duck Dynasty to know. It's a cheesy joke. Thank you. It was about cheese. It's about cheese. It's a cheese joke. 
Anyways, for if, if you don't know Duck Dynasty, I'm, I'm going to take just, a, just a, a minute, 35 seconds to introduce you to my current favorite show. Little clip. It's going to roll. All right, look, it's coming back on. All right. Hey there, West Monroe. Mountain Man has his own radio show. I think some rain's coming in, my knees swelling. He's forecasting weather by his knee. Now, guess who Mountain Man picked as his special guest? What's up, guys? You got those burnt hedges? Willie. I'm doing a radio show, so what? People listen to that too loud. Hey, I'm gonna go with you. Tonto, I don't need a sidekick. Let me just be honest with you here. This is me, you time. Sai, he doesn't have normal ideas. They're usually crazy or life-threatening. Fine, you can go with me. All right. Mm, this is gonna be good. But this turned out to be the best idea Sai has had ever. Alright, Willie, you ready to do this? Hey, I'm ready. Don't say anything. As soon as the show started, Cy started telling some personal stories. Hey, I remember the time me and him went, we didn't kill any ducks, and he cried. That's not true. Sure it is. And let's face it, Willie, he was not enthused. We're not here to talk about me crying. But me, I was on the floor. <laughs> the best thing that happened was at this radio station. That's just a little clip. You have to watch full, some full episodes to fully appreciate Cy Robertson. And uh, he is hilarious. But one of my favorite things about this is um, uh, all of these uh, guys are, uh, the main characters are uh, professing believers. And at the end of every episode, they're gathered around some sort of a meal, whether it's a picnic or a family meal or something. And the, uh, the patriarch of the family, Phil Robertson, the guy that started the, the duck commander, duck call building business, which is what the show's about, prays over every meal. And prays, and it usually has something to do with whatever that episode was about, and there's kind of always a good moral and a point to it. And if you watch it, he prays and prays and prays, and then he says, amen. Well, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, just there's a lot of people that pray and simply say amen. Well, I found out later that he got really upset because every time he prays in Jesus' name, amen. And A&E edits out in Jesus' name. They take Jesus out of it and they pop it out and then they squeeze his little prayer together and he prays and he says Father at the beginning of it. They don't have a problem with that. They talk about carrying their Bibles, you know, and Phil says, you know, you can telling his grandsons that they need to get a woman that knows how to cook bullfrogs and carry their Bible and live by it. And so but they reference the Bible all the time. They have a, an episode where they have Duck Commander Sunday and Phil preaches at their church. And so the, but <clears throat> all of it, they don't, they don't mind the religiousness. You know what they mind? Jesus. They mind Jesus. They pull Jesus out. Phil threw a big enough fit over it and said, look, this is, this is ridiculous. And we actually had a, a video clip that I'd found on YouTube, but the quality is just too poor. There, somebody, a buddy of his is recording him on a camcorder. The static is terrible. The lighting's terrible, and I was going to show it, but we, we couldn't up it enough with our technology to make it usable. But they're asking him about this, about the whole in Jesus' name thing. 
And he said that he finally just talked to the people at A&E. And he said, I understand, I understand what y'all are doing. He said, and I understand, you know, this. He said, but, he said, um, said, there's only been one person in history that we count time by. He said, and so I think that if our calendars run by him, that we call all of our time that we're in now, based on when he was born, we call all the time before him, before him, then we ought to be comfortable with saying his name. Just as a historical figure. You shouldn't be uncomfortable with this. All of time is measured by this person's existence. This shouldn't bother you. And so they took one episode and they left in Jesus' name in that one episode and aired it for the whole world to watch. And then now they still cut out Jesus on on all of the other on all the other episodes but it's Jesus he has he is this place of offense he is the rock of offense celebration church centers on the fact that Jesus Christ is lord it's not just we we are so cool with each other we understand that maybe you're not there yet and we're fine we're fine if you're here and you're you're a skeptic i'm fine with that you can come and you can learn and you can be a part and you can hang out with us. But guess what? We're believing that eventually your eyes are going to open up and you're going to recognize the truth. That it's about Jesus. It is about Him. And if it takes you six months to a year or longer, to, that's fine. We're cool with that. As long as your heart's open and you're not digging your heels in, we're all in a move forward mentality. That's what we do around here. But it is about Jesus Christ. It is about Jesus. Our views of Jesus determines how we are going to allow him to <clears throat> help us. And those are, that's what's going to determine the impact on our lives. Let's look at Mark 6. Here they are. And the people got upset. They got offended at him. It says, is this not the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could do no work of power there except that he laid his hands on a few sick ones and he healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. So here he'd been doing all kinds of mighty miracles, the Bible says. I love it that healing a few sick people don't fall into the mighty miracle. It's <laughs> just the easy stuff for God. And... uh and so here it is. It was because they got offended at him. They, they stumbled over him. Isn't this just this guy born of Mary? It, yeah, he's born of Mary. But he's born of God too. And that's the problem. That's the stumbling place. Matthew eleven three said, And they said to him, Are you the one who should come? This is John the Baptist sent some guys. He's the one that the Holy Spirit moved on and he said the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And now a little bit later he's, he's having second thoughts. And he sends people to him and they, said, and they said to him, to Jesus, are you the one who should come or did we look for another? And Jesus said to them, go and tell John again those things which you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed is he who shall not be offended in me. John was falling into that place where he was on the line. 
Jesus reminds, come back to who he is and what he was about. Matthew 16, Jesus brings it home to his disciples, brings it home to Peter. He says, but what about you, he said, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son, not of Mary, like the people that got offended about him. Peter talked about the other side of his family tree. He said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or hell, will not overcome it. This understanding, that's the rock. Peter means chunk of a rock. This word rock that's used here means petros, big rock. Petra. The understanding of who he is, that's what the church is built on. That he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the foundation that the entire church is built on. So folks, we must not be offended at the truth that Jesus is our only source of life. Our world is, begin, is willing to tolerate just about anything about our lives except for the fact that we say Jesus is it. And somehow they find that intolerant. But the truth is the truth. It's the truth. He's the only way to heaven because he's the only one that takes care of our sin issue. And so you know what? We're choosing to not be offended. And hopefully everybody received... A communion packet. On the first Sunday, we do communion. And I want us to do this together. We've got some extras right here if somebody needs one. You've got plenty of time to hand these out. There's a passage of Scripture. It's fairly lengthy. But I want to read this whole thing to you. This helps, I think, put this into perspective for us. I'm going to pick up in John 6, verse 53. It says, and Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. That's what, that's what we're about to do. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate the manna and died, but he who feeds on, the, on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. And on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. They were, they were missing the point. They were thinking of some sort of cannibalistic ritual. Yikes. Have a hard time with that. Jesus addresses this as we go down. Who can accept it? And aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, about this Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? 
I'm the only source of life. You have, if you don't embrace me, you have no life in you. Does this offend you? We've gathered here this morning, but we really need to be honest about that. Do we really think that maybe life maybe exists in another way? Are we really just looking unto Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith, the only true source of life? As we're about to take this, it's remembering that. It's remembering that, that he's our everything, that he is our only true source of life. What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. He's talking about a spiritual thing here. Not about the natural realm. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet, when, <clears throat> yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. And he went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled him. And from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Folks, as we embrace this together right now, this is an act of remembrance. This is an act of remembering that it's he is our sustenance. Our lives are about the spirit. They're not about the flesh. They're not about the kernel. Our lives are about the spirit. That he is our true source of life. That he is the bread that came down from heaven. And he is here, his atonement, his, what he did for us when he took care of our sins, that he, he took care of it all. And that is where we live. And we are remembering that. Just like they set up that Ebenezer, thus far has the Lord helped us. Thus far has the Lord helped us. It is a complete and total help. There is nothing that gets left out in Christ. Nothing. Nothing. We were remembering that. But this was also a turning point for some of his disciples. You notice the Bible doesn't call them wannabes. And all the wannabes fell off and the true guys stayed with it. They, the Bible says they were disciples. But they bowed out over this issue. They bowed out over this. They walked away. This is also this place of remembering. You know what? I started trusting in you. You have helped me thus far. And I will continue to follow you. I'm not turning back. I'm staying with you. You're the one true source of life. Let's take this together. Let's take this that represents the body of Christ. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this. And Lord, right now we remove every bit of ritual out of this. We just, we take that and we just get rid of it. It's in about a ritual. Lord, you gave this as an element, as, a, as something tangible for us to remember. And Lord, we remember right now. Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you just stir up in everyone's hearts, Lord, everyone's time where they chose you. Where they chose you and they remember that moment. And we're remembering, Lord, that we, in our place of help, you helped us. In our place of need, you were our source of life. And you are still, you are still today the bread of life. You are still the one that we look to fully. We're not ashamed to declare your name. Though others may be offended, 
You're not the rock of offense to us. You're our stone of help. And we declare this by taking it in and remembrance today. Go back to the foil. As we take the element that represents the blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there should be no forgiveness of sin. By the shedding of the pure blood of Christ, there was complete and total forgiveness of sin. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this. And we remember it now. Lord, this little, this little self-contained cup. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this, it, this emblem and what it contains. And as, as we're about to drink this in, Lord, that our hearts would purposely just take in and drink in and find nourishment all over again in the fact that it's not about trying to follow a list of rules. We're not going to stumble over the rules. We're not going to say it's the, the blood of Jesus and anything else. Lord, we're here remembering that we stand right before you based only on the blood of Jesus and nothing else. Nothing else. So, Lord, on, based on that, we remember and drink it in fresh. In Jesus' name. Folks, Jesus is what matters. He's what matters. He's the most important decision that we will ever make. Ever. And so what I want to do right now is I want to make an opportunity real quick. That if you're here and you've not, you've not done that. You're needing a stone of help right now. You feel like you're in it to here right now. You feel like you, everything's just whisking you away and life's carrying you away right now. And you need that stone of help. I just want to, some, to, to create a quiet moment here. And if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand and we're going to pray with you. Amen. 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 Believers, I just want y'all to raise your voices with them. It's the heart that makes the difference with these words, not the words themselves. You own them, you mean them. Let's pray together. Say, Heaven.